Take me back to communion. That, that first moment, do you remember that first moment? That, that, that first moment, maybe you were sitting in a church service somewhere. Maybe you were here, I don't know. Maybe you were, you know, in a, in a, in a more traditional church when you were a kid. Or maybe you were like me and you were out in some strange place like up on top of a hill or out in the woods or driving down the road in a car. Maybe you were somewhere worse than that. Maybe you was in a place you ought not to have been doing a thing that you ought not to have been doing when the Lord called your name. And you remember that first moment when the Lord began to just shine His grace on you. That first moment when you began to believe His truth. That, that, that first moment you were like, man, maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's something to this. You see, I, I, I mean, I was, I was raised up in church. I mean, of course, I got out of it way, 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 way out of it. Uh, but as a kid, man, I, I didn't know anything but God. I mean, we didn't go to church all the time, but, but we knew that that was what you did. I mean, I knew who God was from the time I was, you know, little bitty tiny guy. I never for a second doubted that there was a God. I never for a second doubted that God created the universe. I never for a second doubted, you know, that, that, that He was there, that He was here. I never doubted God's power. I just doubted His grace. I never doubted His power. I doubted His grace. I knew God could. I just didn't think God would. Not for me. I knew He could, man. I just didn't think He would. I'll tell you more about that later. You know, God's just dropping all this on me right now. This is all changed right now, by the way. Uh, thank you, Mr. Beckley and the Holy Spirit. Uh, a friend of mine, somebody that goes to church here, sent me a message um, on the Facebook Messenger a couple weeks ago. And um, I told her I was going to preach this message. She's not here today, but hopefully they're watching online. Uh, they're, they're gone on a family trip. But um, she sent me a message, and, and the message just said this. Does the devil really think he can win? And my first instinct, I mean, y'all know me. My first instinct was like, no, the devil don't think he can win. Man, he knows who our God is. The same God that spoke the universe into creation. The same God that makes the rivers run and the winds blow. The same God, the Lord of heaven's armies. The one that, 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 that makes the skies rumble and the lightning strike. My God, the devil never thought for a second he could stand up in the face of my God and win. That's my first instinct. But then I got to thinking about it. And I got to praying about it. And I got to opening up my word and, and looking into it and reading a little bit about it. One thing really struck me like this. It's like, have you ever picked a fight that you knew that you couldn't win? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been in a fight that I knew that I couldn't win. And that's a bad situation. It's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling when you know you're outmatched on every level. Especially when you thought you was fairly tough to start with. But I never picked a fight that I knew I couldn't win. I've been in one, but I never started one. And I don't think anybody does unless there's a case of mental illness going on. I've seen some of that. Yeah. Yeah, you ever seen like the little bitty dude that wants to fight everybody in the room? Man, he's just got some stuff going on, man. You know, it's just, you know, he just needs some help. He needs some help. He needs some help. Hopefully it comes in a counseling session and not in a ring. You know what I'm saying? But 
<laughs> but I began, to, I began to realize this, that the devil did think he could win. The devil did think that he could win. Now, don't get me wrong. Satan knows God better than we ever will until we see him face to face. He didn't think that he could stand up toe to toe and whip God in a fight. You understand what I'm saying? He never thought for a second that he could take down the Lord. He never thought for a second that he could stand up against God and overthrow him and destroy the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He never thought that. He never doubted God's power. He doubted God's grace. He doubted God's grace. He knew God could. He just didn't think God would. Let, let, me, let me expound on this so that you can understand this, man. He just doubted God's love. And, and, and think about that as us in, in, in belief, as us in the Christian faith, us as believers, that's what we do. We don't doubt God's power, not for a second. Probably everybody in this room, unless there's a hardcore atheist here, and if you're here, God bless you, man. I hope you leave here changed. You probably will after that Holy Spirit injection that just came. But, but, but unless, you're, unless you lean that way, you, you, you probably don't doubt God's power. Probably everybody in this room, everybody watching online, believes that God spoke the universe into creation. You don't, you don't disbelieve that God can. You just don't think God will. You don't doubt God can heal you from, from your sickness. You just don't think he will. You don't think God can't heal your marriage. You just don't think he will. You don't think God can't break the chains of your addiction. You just don't think he will. You, you don't think God can't turn the tide of our nation and cause our hearts to come back to him. You don't think he can't. You just think he won't. And that's the same thing the devil thought. He knew God could. He just didn't think that he would. And, 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 and so this is what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah in chapter 14 and verse 14. And, and, and this is talking about one of, one, one of the, the pagan kings, but it's also talking about the enemy. It's talking about Satan himself. It says this. It says, I will ascend above the mountaintops. I will make myself like the Most High. Now, he never said he was going to defeat God. He never said he was going to destroy God. He never said he was going to overthrow God. He said he was going to be like he was going to be like God. You see, he never thought that he could destroy the kingdom of God. He just wanted to set up a kingdom for himself. And see, that was the purpose that he had when he slithered into the garden. That was the purpose he had when he slithered into the garden. Man, he thought that he could win, not by his power, but because of his lie. See, he thought that if he, he knows that God can't tolerate sin. He knows that God can't even look on sin. And so he thought that if he could cause us to sin, that he could get the living God to turn his back on us. And then he could do with us whatever he wanted to do. And that was his purpose when he slithered into that garden and began to deceive Eve. That rhymes, don't it? Deceive Eve. There's a song in that, Carly Carey. And so sin entered into the world because the enemy thought that he could win from his deception and from his lies. See, he's been a liar since the beginning. That's what Jesus said. He's the father of lies, and he's been a liar since the beginning. He thought he could win, not because of his power, but because of his lies. And by the time Genesis chapter 6 had rolled around, the devil thought he was winning. You hear me? You think the world's messed up now? In the book of Genesis in chapter 6, the Bible says that God looked on his creation and that he was grieved in his heart and that he was sorrowful that he had ever made it. Can you imagine can you imagine the kind of shape that the world was in? The world's worse off now than it's ever been. I mean, there's things happening now that the one previous generations could never even comprehend. Whatever, dude. Let me remind you of what it was like in the book of Genesis in chapter 6. 
Because God looked on his creation and, and think back, think back to Genesis chapter 2 when he looked on his creation and said, this is good, this is very good. And now it's not. Now he's sorrowful that he's ever made it. And the devil thought that he was winning. You hear what I'm saying? He thought that he was winning because he knew that God could fix it. He just didn't think God would. He had to be shaking a little bit when them waters started rising, though. He had to be shaking a little bit when it started raining and didn't stop. And the enemy's looking up like, eh, I guess he will. I guess he will. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. See, God loved his creation so much that he would rather see it cleansed by water than turned over to the enemy to do whatever kind of twisted, messed up, jacked up stuff that he was going to do with it. And so as those waters began to rise, the devil all of a sudden knew that God meant business. He knew that God was willing to do way more than he had anticipated. And God had a plan like he always does. Because he had that ark sealed up. And Shem was on the ark. See, y'all think the story of Noah is about Noah. No, man, the story of Noah is about Shem. If you don't know why, you'll have to tune into our Tuesday night Bible studies and I'll lead you in that way. But man, the, the, the air, the lineage was in the boat. The lineage of Jesus was on the boat. And then when they made it to dry land, man, and, and, and God did a reset and a reboot and was going to start this thing all over again. But the devil wasn't done. The devil was shaken, but he wasn't done. See, he's tenacious, that old devil. He's tenacious. And so he started tempting Noah and deceiving Noah just as soon as he walked off the boat. Here's the other part of the story of Noah that you don't hear. You know what happened as soon as they got to dry land? Noah ended up drunk and naked in his tent. Because the devil started in on all that deception and lies just as soon as they got off the boat. Because that's the kind of enemy that we fight against. And, 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 and so there he is, laying in there, and sin entered in again. Sending it in again. Because the devil wasn't done. The devil wasn't done. And sin ran rampant. And death ran rampant. And the devil thought to himself, I'm going to win this war. Because it's going to be too much. I know he can fix it. But I don't think he will. And he's already promised he's not going to destroy the world by water again. See, they see the enemy. He thought that he could win because he didn't think that God would give his best for us. He knew that God could. He just didn't think God would. But then God did. Can you say amen? Can you imagine the look on the devil's face when that child was born? But he still wasn't done. Because he had another plan. He thought the perfect son has been born into an imperfect world. If I can corrupt him, if I can tempt him, if I can cause him to sin, not the multitude of sin that the world has entered into, but if I can get him to doubt just for a second, if I can get him just to break just the tiniest, most minuscule of the law, if I can get him to turn his back on the Father even just for a moment, then I have won. The Bible in the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 says that we don't serve a high priest that's unable to empathize with our weakness, 
Because he has been tempted in every way imaginable. Every way imaginable. Throughout his whole life, the devil was on his case. You think the devil's on your case in this season? Can you imagine what it was like to be Jesus? Fully God and yet feel fully man and having to deal with this garbage your whole entire life. Even as a child, as a young man, as a young man who had hormones just like we did and the devil's trying to tempt him every day. As, as an adult and, and, and the enemy's in his ear and on his case all the time. And yet the Bible says that he never sinned. Can you say amen? So as hard as the devil tried, yeah, give him praise for that. And so as he came out of the water, the devil tried really hard as he went as 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 Jesus went into the wilderness because he thought I'll catch him at his weakest. The enemy ever catch you at your weakest? He ever catch you at your weakest? Yeah. You know when you're in full blown active addiction, don't nobody ever show up with any free drugs, do they? They want you to pay for every bit of that stuff. But you get clean and sober for a week or two. See what happens. Who's there? Hey man, it's me, so-and-so. And I've got five free eight balls of drugs and I just want to give them to you. What? And you're looking at the people and sure enough, sure enough, it's so-and-so. And he's standing out there wanting to give you free drugs. Because the enemy will get you at your weakest. Will get you at your weakest. Man, when, 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 when you're already actively engaged in some kind of adultery or, or, or fornication or whatever it is, some kind of sexual sin, ain't nobody throwing themselves at you. You have to fight for that stuff. You have to go looking for it. But man, you tried to make your marriage right. You know what I mean? Try to give that stuff up and be faithful and be a man or woman of God and do what you're supposed to do. You know, keep your eyes where you're supposed to keep your eyes at. And then all of a sudden, the prettiest girl in the office is like, hey, how you doing? Or the guy that, you know, some, some guy that you went to high school with that you used to date is sending you messages on the Facebook messenger like, hey, girl, what you been up to? I'm doing this and this and this. Look at my biceps. And if you're already stealing money, you won't find none laying around. You won't find none laying around if you're already actively stealing. But, but, but try, to, try to get things right. Try to give up that life of taking what don't belong to you. And then all of a sudden, you'll be finding wallets laying out on the ground. Pay off all the back taxes that you owe. You know what I'm saying? And get things right with the IRS. And then somebody be calling you like, hey, man, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, you know what you should say is, I got to go. I'm going to church. I got to go to church. That's my idea. Go to church. Get saved, man. That's my idea. Here's Jesus. But too often, instead of that, we're like, Okay, what's your idea? (laughs) 
I don't know if I should tell this or not. All right, so here was our idea. <laughs> this is how we were going to launder money, okay? So look, look. So you, you, you can't put a price on art, right? So we're going to paint pictures and then sell them on the Internet and become famous artists. See what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, that was a long time ago. You th- you'll think about that later and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, all of a sudden all your money's legitimate, right? But you don't come up with ideas like that if you're just earning a paycheck and paying your bills. You know what I'm saying? It's only when, you know, it's only when things aren't going right. It's only when things aren't going right and, and the devil catches you at a weak moment. It, it, it's when he catches you at a weak moment and he tries to draw you back in. You know, I, I remember this, like when, when God had healed me from, from addiction way back, man. I mean, broke the chains off my life. I, I never wanted anything to do with, with any of those things or that lifestyle. Or, 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 you know, the only reason I wanted to even be around those people was to tell them about Jesus. You know what I mean? And, and I didn't even want to be anything like that anymore. God had healed me and delivered me and shined his light. Man, he had blessed me and kept me, and turned his face towards me, and poured his grace out on me. Oh, my God. You are so good, man. God is good. And all the time. Ain't he, though? Ain't he, though? And and I remember being free. You know, who the sun sets free, like my worship pastor said, man, who the sun sets free is free. And I remember being free. I remember being free. People would. They'd show up in my house and be like, hey, man, we just want to party. Can we just party at your house? Y'all can party with us. And I'd be like, go away before I call the cops. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, nah, matter of fact, I don't need the cops, man. Get off my porch before I come out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just get away. Get away. And, 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 and I remember being that strong at that time. And yet still, here's what would try to get me. Here's how the devil would try to get me. I had this, like, like not only had, had I destroyed my body and every relationship in my life, not only had I destroyed myself mentally and emotionally and physically, I was under this mountain of debt that you would not believe. I, I, I mean, I, dude, I had credit cards. I, like, I owed so much on credit cards, and, and my payments were out of whack. I mean, my parents had to help me refinance my house to be able to get out from under all that stuff. But before that, and bills kept coming in. That's the crazy thing. You know, they don't care that you're trying to get your life right. You, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, they're, they're not, like the electric company's not trying to help you, man. They're not trying to help you, you know? Like, like I'm trying to get my life right, and I'm trying not to do those things anymore. And then they, then they keep sending me a bill every month, and it keeps racking up, and the late fees. Oh, my gosh, the late fees. Like, there was a time when I, all I could pay was the late fees on the credit card, so they wouldn't try to take me to jail or whatever. I mean, it's all I could do was pay the late fees. And they kept sending them. And the enemy was like, I know how you can make some money real fast. It'd be okay. You're not going to do it. Like, like you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do it. You're, you're just, just a financial transaction. That's it. You're, you'd be an entrepreneur. It's a small business. It could turn into a big business, but we're gonna start as a small business. And, and I'm telling you, I would entertain those thoughts, though. You, you know what I'm saying? I would entertain those thoughts, like you know. And they're like, you've got a new baby. You can provide for your family. I told you about the time we had Cheerios for dinner, right? I mean, you know, it sounds like a good idea. But you know, all that junk that the enemy whispers in your ear sounds like a good idea at the time, doesn't it? 
It sounds like a good idea at the time. Because if sin didn't sound like a good idea at the time, then wouldn't none of us do it? Because we know what the consequences are. But it sounds so sweet because that liar, man, that liar, that low-down, dirty, demonic, ugly, beautiful liar tells his lies. And they sound so sweet to my ears. And Jesus Christ was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. He was hungry. I mean, he was so hungry that he was dying. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He, he was fully man, and he was so hungry. He hadn't ate nothing in 40 days. And he was so hungry that he was dying. Dying. And, and I don't know how long that y'all have fasted before, but I'll tell you what, like once you get to a certain point, you're not really hungry anymore. But then once you get past that point, your body starts to fail. Your body starts to fail. And, and it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. And his body was failing and he was dying. And the devil came up to him and said, if you're the son of God, well, why don't you just make these rocks into bread and eat? And, 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 and we get this picture in our head of some like, like demonic pit fiend with like big leathery wings and like venom dripping from his fangs. No, man. The devil appears as an angel of light. Can you imagine Jesus being out there in the wilderness and the enemy comes and sits beside him? He's like, hey there, brother. Man, things are going rough. You look like you're suffering. I know you can, all you got to do, I know you can do this. I, I, I saw you, I saw you speak all this into, into creation. I know you can do this. Hey, look. Look at these rocks, man. Did you just, just tell them to be bread and everything will be okay. Come on, man. You'll be healed. You'll be delivered. You'll feel better in your body. You'll feel better in your mind. Everything will be okay. Did the, did the father really say you had to fast the whole 40 days? I don't remember it like that. He starts justifying it. And you know he was tempted. I just read to you from Hebrews chapter 4. It says that he was tempted in every way. See, some pastors and churches try to rise Jesus above the level of temptation. But if Jesus was above the level of temptation, then all that overcoming he did was for nothing. If he was some kind of robot that couldn't be tempted, then he didn't do anything. But we know that that's not true. He did every, everything. He overcame everything. And, and, and so he's sitting there and he looks at the enemy and says, I don't need that to live. Man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't need you to tell me who I am. Because he's already told me who I am. Devil, I don't need you to provide my needs because my God is going to provide all my needs. Devil, I don't need you to make me feel good because my God makes me feel good. I don't need a substance in my body. I need the Holy Spirit of the living God in my body. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, give him praise for that. Come on. Come on. And then, and then, the devil said, I know. And so he took him to the top of the temple and he was like, why don't you just jump off here? 
Won't you just jump off here? He's not going to let anything happen to you. Why don't you just test this and see if your father really loves you or not? He tries to fuel that doubt inside us. God don't really love you. If God really loved you, he wouldn't let this happen to you. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be in this situation to start with. Why don't you just turn your back on him and come to me? Man, why don't you test him and see how far his love really goes? Test him and see how wide his love is. Test him and see how deep his love is. And Jesus said, devil, the Bible says don't test the Lord, my God. Because see, we can't understand it anyway. See, people, and I've told you this before, people are like, why, why, if, if God is so good, why is the world so filled with bad things? If God is all good, then why is there so much evil in the world? And my question is, how do you know what's good? How do you know what's good? How do you know? How do you know what's good? My addiction was ugly. It was broken. I hurt a lot of people. I did a lot of bad things. God used it for his glory. Because of what he did in my life, many have been saved. Can you say amen? And because of the pain you've been through, and because of the brokenness that you've been through in your life, many, many, many more than that have the opportunity to be saved. Can you say amen? The worst thing that, and here's what I really like to say when people confront me with that. Well, if God is good, then why do bad things happen? One bad thing ever happened to a good person. Yeah, why do bad things happen to good people? Number one, there are no good people. Okay, there was one. One bad thing happened to the greatest person who ever lived, but it brought about the most incredible thing that would ever happen. Can you say amen? So yeah, give him praise. So how do we know what's good, right? How do we know what's good? How do we know what's good? <laughs> and then the devil, man, he was throwing a Hail Mary with this one. took him up to the highest mountain, let him look out over all the world and said, man, all this can be yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. <laughs> really what he was saying, because this is what's going to happen anyway, you understand that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords and he does rule and he is sovereign and all this does belong to him and he is the King of all creation. What the devil was just saying is I can give you everything that you're entitled to anyway and you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go and, and, and suffer and die for the people's sins. I'll just give it to you right now and you can do with it as you want to and we'll just rule it together, father and son, like Vader and Luke, man, come on. And Jesus said the same thing that I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to bow before you. The Word of God says to worship Him and Him alone. I mean, that takes me back to that fiery furnace, right? That fiery furnace and, and the king is like, bow down before my golden statue and I'll let you go. But if you won't, I'm going to throw you in the fire. You ever feel like that these days that they're getting trying to get you to bow down before a golden statue and worship it? And, 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 and yet Shadrach and his boys were like, I tell you what, my God has the power to save me. But if He doesn't, we're still not going to worship your stupid statue. And so they threw him in the fire. And they thought that they had won. And then he was like, is there... Wait. 
Y'all know the rest of the story, man. But the devil still wasn't done. And, and, and I need you to understand that so you can understand this. Sometimes people come to me and they're like, Pastor, I, I, I surrendered my life to Christ. I was baptized. I read my Bible. Why is everything so terrible in my life? Because the devil's not done. He's not done. But you know what you've got now? Every weapon that you need to defeat him in your life. Every weapon. But the devil still thought that he could win. He's delusional. He still thought that he could win. And so even as Jesus went to the cross, even as Jesus was crucified for your sins and for mine, the devil was still trying to get him. And that's why the thief that was hanging next to him said, Hey, if you're the Son of God, then why don't you save yourself and us? Do you think that, that was a man talking? No. Because look, I know what God's voice sounds like. John chapter 10, right? My, my children, my sheep will know my voice. But I know what the enemy's voice sounds like too. I know what the enemy sounds like too because I used to be one of his sheep, huh? Do you hear what I'm saying? I used to be one of his sheep. I still remember what his stupid voice sounds like. And that was his voice coming out of that man's mouth. If you're the son of God, because he's always like, if you are, if you are, if you're really a Christian, you wouldn't do that. If you were, what's wrong, pastor? You going to sin again, pastor? That's what he says to me. Come on, he's easy to use that pastor as a smart aleck. I just want to smack a taste out of his mouth, Andy. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. Yeah, you, you handled that real well, didn't you? Grace, man, grace. Come on. And so the thief was like, man, if you're the son of God, you'll save yourself and us. Because he knew that he could. He was just hoping that he would. Because see, and, and I preached that before, like when I was a young preacher, I was like, did that man not know what he was asking for? Because if he would have came down off the cross, he would have doomed us all to hell. Yeah, he knew what he was asking for. He was under the demonic influence of the enemy of God. And, and that was a demon that was speaking. That man was oppressed by a demon. And he was speaking. And it says even the crowds that were walking by were like, save yourself, son of man. You know, call on Elijah. Come down off the cross if you really are the son of God. Come on. These crowds are walking by. They're just under the influence of the enemy. And they're just trying to get him to come down off the cross they're trying to get him to come down off the cross because if he will, if he'll turn his back on the mission that God had put before him even just for a second, then the devil would win. And this was his Hail Mary. This was his last second shot. This was his half court thing, man. This was it. This was the moment. You know, he was down. He had two strikes and three balls and it was it, man. Bottom of the ninth and it's almost over. And this is his last moment. And the devil threw his Hail Mary. If you'll just come down off that cross and save yourself. If you'll just come off that cross and save yourself. And we know that Jesus was tempted to do it, don't we? Don't we? Remember what he told Peter and them? Don't you know? Don't you know that I've got legions of angels at my disposal? And you, so you know that he doesn't consider it. Like I could have Michael and his boys down here in about 10 seconds. Flaming swords in hand. Ripping these Romans to shreds. You know he was tempted. Because he was human. Because he was human. 
And in those final seconds as he was gasping for air, man, you know that he died from asphyxiation, right? Which is a fancy you know, term for suffocation. He couldn't breathe. Our Savior laying up there ripped to shreds, man. You know, Jared was talking about it at the 24 hours of worship, man. Just meat hanging off. You couldn't even recognize him as a human. Blood just pouring on the ground, crown of thorns, nails in his wrists and in his feet, man. Hanging on the cross, suffering and dying. And the enemy's like, come on, save yourself. Think about yourself higher. Like all these people hate you, man. They're the ones that put you up here and you're going to die for them. Most of them won't even turn to you. Most of them won't even care. Can you imagine the pressure that was on him? Most of them won't even care. And he's hanging there. And the devil still thinks he can win. And the devil still thinks he can win. Until this moment. If you don't know what that means, to telestize the Greek word that means it is finished. It is finished. And the Bible says that Jesus looked up to heaven and he cried out with a loud voice to telestai, which is to say, it uh, is uh, finished. Can you say amen? Amen. And to sort of quote one of my heroes that they're having a party in heaven for right now, the late, great Charlie Daniels. At that moment, the devil had to lay the world down at Jesus' feet because he knew that he'd been beat. Can you say amen? And he knew that he couldn't win. And he knew that no matter how hard he fought, and he knew that no matter how much tempting that he did, and he knew, listen to this, he knew, he knew that no matter how many sins that you would ever commit, that he still couldn't win. All right, I'm ready to start preaching now. We'll save the rest of this for another time. But I want you to hear this. So my friends... (laughs) Hey, that's me. I'm on the internet. So my, my my friend's question was really this. How I started this ramble that I've been on. So if he knows that he can't win then why does the devil fight so hard? If he knows that he can't win, then why is he in our lives every day trying to destroy us? Revelation 12, 12 says this. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and all who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea. That's us. Woe to the earth and the sea. Because the devil has gone down to you. Because he knows that his time is short. He's mad because he lost. He's mad because he thought he could win. And he lost 
See, he never doubted God's power. He doubted God's grace. See, he knew that God could. He just didn't think that God would. But then out of nowhere, God did. Can you say amen? And so he's mad. He's throwing a big old messed up celestial hissy fit. And we just happen to be the only ones that he can reach. And since he can't win the war against God, he wants to win the battle against you. Since he can't win the war against God, he wants to win the battle against you. Don't let him. Don't let him. Not even for a second. Not even for a second. You know, I, I, I coach football, and, and I've got, like, man, I, I have a lot of compassion for the other team sometimes. Like, when my eighth graders are destroying people, I'll be pulling them out of the game, and Brenton gets mad at me, and Jason Jetta gets mad at me, and everybody gets mad. Josh Crumb gets mad at me, and they all get mad at me because I pull all of my players out of the game, and I let my seventh graders play. And, and, and But then sometimes, I'm not saying we're real good, but we're real good. <laughs> Sometimes my seventh graders still beat the tar out of people. And so I'll be pulling them out of the game too and putting my sixth graders in and letting them play. And then once in a great while, they still be winning the game. And I'm like, what, what is going on right now? So we're running halfback dive ten times in a row. Listen, this is not a time for compassion. This is not a time. We're not, we're not playing against a middle school football team. We're fighting against an enemy that is seeking to kill you and destroy you and take everything that you ever had. If ever there was time to run the score up, that time is now. Don't turn the ball over. Don't even let him run a play, man. I'm talking about blitzing all the time. I'm talking about doing the best we possibly can in every moment. Let's run the score up. Let's run the score up. Man, let's run the score up until the mercy rule comes into play. Let's, let's, let's have God come down and be like, man, will you give the devil a break for a minute, dude? No, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to do that. Can you imagine what that scene in the spiritual? Because look, 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 look. The devil can't handle Jesus in the natural. What do you think it's like for him in the spiritual? The Bible says that he went and got the keys to death and hell. Can you imagine what that meeting was like? When Jesus Christ comes walking into wherever the devil hangs out in the spiritual room, he's like, hey, buddy, I'm going to need them keys. Don't you dare. Don't you dare even act like you got something to say to me. Because, look, all the all them natural world trappings are removed. See, the Jesus that went, the Jesus that went to get them keys to death and hell, that wasn't the Jesus that we read about in the book of Matthew. That was the Jesus that we read about in the book of Revelation. Can you say Amen. That was the Jesus that Beth Cooper was up here testifying about yesterday that has flaming eyes and skin made of bronze. That's that Jesus. That's that Jesus. And he took this key, he took the keys to sin and death. Come on, guys. Because see, the devil thought he still had one more play. Now he knows he can't win, but he still got one more thing. He's got death. See, before sin entered into the world, there was no death. But now every human life comes to an end where there's a decision to be made. And so the enemy thought that he still had death. He thought he still had death even after. Even after Jesus said it was finished, man, he thought he still had death. 
But this is what my Bible says. This was the scripture I'm preaching on, but it's going to be my altar call scripture today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 and 55, the Bible says this. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Say thanks be to God. Now, I mean say it like you mean it. Say thanks be to God. Who gives us victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen? 1. Sigmund Freud is quoted as saying this. And finally, there is the painful riddle of death for which no remedy has ever been found nor probably ever will be. And yet, way church, on the third day, on the third day, the answer to death was revealed for all time because the stone was rolled away and the women came to the tomb to anoint his body. And he wasn't there. Wasn't there. I said he wasn't there. (laughs) I feel like Cornell Payton today, man. I said he wasn't there. Instead, there was a servant, a servant there. And they were like, where's our Lord? And the angel said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has. He has risen. 